They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. guys before we get into the show i am part of a podcast network now called fourth hand media i will be plugging in my good friends at strange brew podcast this is their promo make sure to check their stuff out super funny guys and they're into all the cool conspiracy theories that i'm into so here it is are you easily offended because if you are you should probably stop listening are you interested in the bizarre and unusual? Are you fascinated by the grisly sides of life? Are you the one that people call weirdo? Well then, you should get hip to Strange Brew Podcast, a podcast with a bunch of crazy Canucks. Tune in every week with Strange Brew's host, Tomcat, a.k.a. Tom Thompson. And Billy Kirby, along with many different guests. As we drink booze and we discuss anything strange and paranormal, from serial killers to aliens and all of the above. So crack those beers. And toss on those tinfoil hats because, because it's, it's about, about to get strange. Hello, hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Juan on Juan podcast. I'm your host, Juan. On today's episode, we're going to cover a couple topics, but mostly it's going to be covering psychedelics and higher consciousness. I just got done talking to Jonas Rosen. Uh, He has a YouTube channel. He makes content in in regards to... uh, you know, higher consciousness, psychedelics, DMT, things like that, UFOs, you know, a, 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 a little bit of, of everything, you know, the, the juice. And we, we, we really started getting into it at the end and uh, it was picking up momentum. But unfortunately, he had to go. Uh, we talked about this before it had started out. We were on the time limit, but we're going to do another episode in the future 
to really just let loose because again start spitting the, the truth man and uh he's an aspiring therapist uh he's a psychedelic consultant he uh he does a few things uh interesting guy you can check him out on youtube his youtube channel is cosmic consciousness with jonas uh follow him on there and watch his videos he talks about a lot of a lot of different things and and he brings a positive message and just positive energy which i feel a lot of people don't do with all the garbage that we see nowadays and on social media and stuff like that you know people just wasting other people's time just because there's it feels like there's always a new challenge every other week some stupid ass challenge the the, the be a an idiot challenge this week you know it's 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 dumb off for the, off for the likes we talked about that how we're conditioned in society to to want likes to to always have that ego in the back of our minds uh always eating away at us and for as much as you always have people talk about oh i'm not i'm not you know i don't care about i don't care what people think of me yes you do it's human nature to care about what people think about you because it's always there you know it's always eating away at you I'm going to make this podcast and I said, I'm not going to look at the downloads it's going to get, but guess what I'm going to do when it comes out, when I put on the episode, I'm going to be looking at the views, going to be looking at the, how many times it was downloaded. Oh, you know, how's it? And we let that affect our, our, our being, our, 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 our moods, uh, you know, all, all these things. But again, I, I feel Jonas has a, a positive message, uh, which again, one of my goals when making this podcast was to, I want you to listen to this and and leave with something more, not just hear me rant about likes on social. I don't know, whatever. But I want you to 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 learn something like, you know, a fun fact today you didn't know about X Y Z, but today you do, you know. So this is Cosmic Consciousness with Jonas Rosen. Enjoy, guys, and we're live. Welcome to the show, Jonas, and thank you for joining me today, man. We were just chatting for a little bit. I know you probably wanted to figure out, like, you know, what you're getting yourself into before you. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's it's a it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to chat. Um, I, I think we both got some kind of some interesting ideas to to kick around. So yeah, let's see where this goes. So, um. Who is Jonas uh, Rosen? Like, like uh, you said, Rosen, 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 Rosen. <laughs> who yeah. is Jonas Rosen? Like, this is a question I ask uh, everybody who comes on the podcast because I I believe it's a question that we don't get enough, mm-hmm. and it just really makes you. And I know you're like a philosophical guy, so it really makes you stop for a second and, and, and think, like, hmm, like who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a good question. This is, if you ask me, that that question right there is touching on actually some of life's greatest mysteries. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to get like too philosophical or heavy right off the bat, but I kind of am because for me, uh, the self is a extremely profound mystery. I mean, I'll, I can start on on kind of like the surface level. Jonas, Jonas, like me, I, right now, I am an aspiring therapist, an aspiring 
spiritual guide, uh, psychedelic consultant. Um, I am the creator of a YouTube channel called Cosmic Consciousness with Jonas, um, where I make videos and different content that touches on a, on a bunch of different topics from spiritual awakening to psychedelics and meditation and uh, spiritual insights and all this stuff. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about um, spiritual awakening and I, really, I mean, I would just say like life's greatest mysteries. Like I've, since a very young age, I've always been really fascinated about the big questions. Where do we come from? What's going on? What is this? What is this mystery of life? Like, what are we doing? Where we, where, where have we come from and where are we going, you know? And yeah, I mean, I, I do really think that over, over kind of years of like, just trying to absorb and learn as much as I can and explore different topics, I have come to see um, the mystery of the self as one of, one of the greatest mysteries in existence. Like, it's easy to, it's easy to say like, I'm, I'm, Jonas Rosen and this and that is my identity. But um, yeah, I've come to see that there's like a deeper essence to our being like pure consciousness or uh, awareness, like the life force in our body, the spark of life. The only one thing about who or what we are that's never changed since day one. Like when, when, when we were just born, we didn't have this body, right? We're, we, we were in a different body when we were just born. And we also didn't have the identity. Like when I was just born, I didn't know my name was Jonas. I didn't know anything, in fact, about my identity, who I was. And yet, even from day one, I was still me. I was never not me, right? It's crazy. So yeah. what is that pure essence? Like what is that deeper truth, true nature? What is that? Like what is that deeper truth to who or what we are? And for me, like, that's why I say it's a mystery because ultimately I think it's beyond thought. Like, what is that pure life force, that pure consciousness? And I mean, there's many different answers to that question. There's many different approaches to answering that question. But it's worth noting that even the most cutting edge science, even the most brilliant, uh, you know, thinker in the world ultimately at the end of the day has no idea what consciousness is it's 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 a complete paradox because consciousness is the most like we're being a being conscious is the most is familiar to all of us we all know it intimately well because there's no experience of life possible without consciousness and yet at the same time we are a mystery to ourselves <laughs> like we don't we all are conscious and yet we don't know what consciousness is. There's something very fascinating about that. But kind of another angle which, which like I approach that idea or um, that question of the self is if you zoom out a little bit and, and look at the big picture like on a cosmic scale, we're all expressions of the same underlying existence, right? Like we're all children of this universe. We've all emerged out of the same source. Like even if you if you just look at the Big Bang theory, I'm just I'm just rapping at this point, so you can you can interrupt me or or stop me at any point. Do your thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> if if you look at the Big Bang theory, for example, it tells us that and and pretty much every single all, all scientists agree that this is the most accurate way of understanding 
the history of the universe is the Big Bang Theory, that the universe has inflated, like cosmically inflated, which means that if you go back around 13 billion years ago, this entire universe started as a ball of energy that's smaller than an atom. Like literally smaller than an atom, this entire universe, the entire, all of space and time. And it's truly, it's truly incomprehensible to try to like wrap the mind around that. But that idea, it, it, it just demonstrates that we all started from the same source, right? Like we're all, if you just keep going back into the history of the universe, at some point we all meet. At some point we are all expressions of the same infinite source. And that brings us back to this idea of like consciousness and the mystery of the self. Because yeah, we are human beings. And yes, like you're over there and I'm over here. And in a relative sense, we're definitely separate. Like we're not one and the same. But on a deeper sense, we very much are one and the same. We are expressions of the same ultimate source. It's like a lot of people compare it to waves on the ocean. Like you look there, there's one wave. You look over there, there's another wave. And those two waves are different and they're separate. But at the same time, they are expressions of the same underlying ocean, and both waves ultimately, on a d deeper level, are unified. So I agree. I, I, uh, to add to that, uh, you know, it's like that saying, um, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience because, because you know, we've we've always been. But I think about what you said, and uh, you know, the cosmos and. And and I know we talked about before we started the episode about how I've seen different ideologies and different ideas and and I've gotten to the point where I believe in a higher power because you can't just assume that you know we were a ball of dust somewhere in the in the universe in the galaxy and we came to be. You, you know what I mean? Like there, there had to be something that had to click to make sure that things are the way they are. And that's why I say, like, I believe in a creator and a, in a, in a higher power that's, that's running the show mm -hmm. because of this, because I feel that something, you know, like consciousness, if you have a, a, a you know some some dust somewhere in the, in the middle of the the galaxy, it's not gonna think up to be like, hey, let's 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 make this this way. You know what I mean? Like they talk about the Big Bang, but like what like it's like what really came first, the chicken or the egg? You know. So I feel that consciousness and, and science is just now starting to correlate like spirituality with science. Yes. Because they're starting to to find a correlation, like to like, hey, there's something here, and it's just now, you know, quantum physics and all these things are starting to be like, wait a minute, there's probably something there. What is it? It's like dark matter. We don't know what that is. We know it's there. Uh, gravity. We know it's there. We know the effects it has on things, but what is it? We don't know. Right. And right. it just blows my mind. And <clears throat> you know, you talked about asking all these questions from the very beginning it's like the I, I i i was actually thinking about this today the first conspiracy that that you know that we're introduced to uh you know like the dinosaurs you know what took out the dinosaurs were dinosaurs even real uh 
you know, I, I another conspiracy that I got to when I when I was like in in elementary is like the Bermuda Triangle. You know, like the all these weird things going on and and these questions that you ask and it's human nature to ask questions. And I recently, I was talking to somebody about this today. I, I recently got speaking of the cosmos. I recently got a telescope for Christmas. Nice. And. I was talking to my stepbrother about how a lot of people think, because again, I don't trust the government 100%, because they've they've been caught lying to us, and there's a lot of things that they're not going to tell us. Uh, you know, sure. NASA, it's an organization; it's, it's it's run by the government. They talk about how a, a majority, almost all, well, all uh, pictures of of deep space is CGI. You know. So what is real and what is not? Because there are so many things that we don't understand in on Earth. And you're going to tell me, you know, one light year is seven trillion miles. That's a lot. That how do you <laughs> how do you even like there's a thousand miles from where I'm at to New York. How do you even begin to comprehend a trillion seven trillion miles? You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like what? Mm -hmm. So. By when I got the telescope, for some reason, again, and 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 this is because some sometimes we talk without doing research and without thinking about things. I uh, I thought for some reason nebulas didn't look the way they look, but guess what? They they look the way they look in the pictures. You know, it's like out. You know, you you can go out and look at the Orion Nebula, and it, it literally looks like the pictures of nebulas. It it's like. There's different methods of taking astrophotography, you know, with different methods of, of exposures and stuff like that. So it might look fake, but it's really not fake. That's there. You know, that's that's a thing that's actually there. You know, the all these celestial bodies, they are what they look like. And I just thought, you know, talking about the cosmos and how how infinite everything is, it just amazes me that that even if this thing really is, you know, a thousand light years away. I can literally go outside of my backyard and look up and it looks like it's right there. But mm -hmm. it's so, but is it really that far away? You know, like all these different things, all these questions that you ask yourself and I've always been amazed by space and I know your your uh your YouTube channel's cosmic consciousness. <laughs> so it's like, you know, the cosmos that it blows your mind. Mm -hmm. Um and I know you talked a little bit about uh, uh, your YouTube channel. How has that transformed like your way? I know you've probably met a lot of people through there and I know you have a decent following uh, on there. How, how has that, you know, transformed your view on everything and, 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 and expose you to different ideas? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, well, I think any time that <laughs> I, when I when I first started, like it's transformed me more profoundly than I ever could have imagined when I when I first got got started, because it pushed me out of out of my comfort zone in a really big way. Anytime that you are creating something like basically anytime you're you're following your dreams, in, in a sense, anytime that you're trying to create something and manifest something and put it out into the world and like put your heart into something and then share it with people along the way, one, you're going to face self-doubt Two, you're going to face fear of failure. Three, you're going to face fear of judgment. Um, four, you're going to face insecurity. All, all these things, like all these 
all these like inner, um, I don't know. It's like an emotional awareness or it's a self-awareness is what it is. It's like a self-awareness that, and this is probably not the answer that you thought you may have, you may have been getting, <laughs> but, but like, honestly, but we talked about it. It's hard creating content because it's yeah, art. Yeah. It's something that I think a lot about because when I first got started with YouTube, I just wanted to make videos and like, I wanted like I had, I had messages that I wanted to share. I had like ideas I wanted to explore and I just wanted to make videos. I was just like excited about the idea. But then within the first couple of videos, I realized like, oh, wow, okay, I'm actually like, this is not as easy as I thought. I'm, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling real insecure that all these people are just like leaving these comments and judging me and this and that. And, you know, I was talking a lot about, about spiritual awakening. Um, like even for my first, for my first videos, it was, it was really about kind of like exploring the mystery of the self, like everything that we were just talking about. And I was kind of like exploring this idea that the ego or the human identity is not the deepest truth to what we are. Ultimately, like there's some deeper truth or essence to our being. And yet at the same time, like that human part of me was still always worrying about like how people were judging me, you know, and always looking at the comments and looking at how many likes it had and this and that. And all of this is like the ego that in that same video, I was just describing how it's an illusion. <laughs> so like, it took me a little while to realize that that is kind of paradoxical. That doesn't really add up that I'm saying like, oh, this and that is the ego is just an illusion. And yet at the same time, I'm like, always worried about what people are saying or how many, yeah, your, how your many condition, the video has. You're conditioned to do that. Society does that. You know, yeah. you're conditioned to, to, I don't know if you play, you play video games at all. A little bit. Uh, have you heard of uh, Death Stranding? I have not. By Hide Hideo Kojima? Well, uh, the guy who made Metal Gear Solid, uh, mm -hmm. he made a game. And in the game, uh, it got a lot of criticism because, again, we're America. You know, America. You know, guns, everything, shooting, everything's modern warfare, Call of Duty, all this stuff. And this game, it's literally, <laughs> and it sounds, it sounds dumb, but you have to, like, play it to, to understand you're literally going around uh, post-apocalyptic uh, United States. You're going around delivering packages. That yeah. is literally the game. You're like an Amazon Prime guy going around delivering. And it sounds stupid, but there's more to it than just that. It's the game itself, the gameplay, the storyline. I like it. I enjoy it. But the game itself, it has a, a, a system where you can. So it's like online, but not you know, face to face online. So whatever I build in my world, for example, if I build a bridge in my world, you'll see it in your world. And whatever somebody else builds in their world will help me in my world. And there's a system where it goes up Ooh. to it. You can go up to it and like it. Mm. And in one of the there was a part in the game where you collect like these old, uh, I guess, data from different people. And they talked about that. It's funny because he talked about it in the game. It was like there was a time when uh, people would get all, you know, euphoria from getting likes. And we were in a like-based society because every, everybody, all they want is likes, likes, likes. Oh, how many followers you got? Oh, this and that. It's like we don't want to because a lot of the times you have that 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 uh, that thought process of, oh, I don't, I don't care what people think of me. I don't care about that. But deep down inside, it's like you said you do care. So, mm -hmm. so why are you checking how many likes you're getting? It's like, I made this podcast and that's one of the main things that I'm going to try not to do 
but it, it, it's bound to happen because it's human nature. It's like you're going you're gonna to put on an episode or I'm pretty sure you do it. I mean, you put on an episode all the time, uh, you know, on YouTube or whatever it is. And you don't get the reaction that you thought you were going to get or you're, you right. know, every every hour you're checking the views. And it's like, you know, that's society. We're conditioned. You know, that, that that's what it is. And, and even though you don't want to let it put you down, it's going to put you down. You know, it's like it's, it's always there in the back of your mind. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong or bad about that. Like you said, I mean, it is really just just human nature. And we are very deeply conditioned to think and behave that way. There's nothing really wrong or bad about it. But the good thing about it is that through that, it's a challenge. It presents challenging emotional experiences. And that builds emotional awareness. That builds self-awareness. And it builds wisdom. So, like, that's something that I realized, too, through the through the YouTube channel the process of creating like this sounds kind of cheesy and cliche or whatever but the journey itself is as valuable and significant and important as the final product or whatever content you end up creating right i realized that just through the like the past couple of years of trying to make these videos videos aside like however the videos turned out that aside just that undertaking that project of like trying to put myself out there and like like squeeze out all my creative juices into this content that itself has helped me grow and expand in so many ways and that pro you're gonna as you continue to develop this podcast you're gonna you you probably already have begun to experience that yourself like how you have the you have the finished creative product that's one thing and that's great but then on the other, you also have like the experience of actually creating that product mm -hmm. and that will again and again throughout our life in small in minor ways and major ways that will affect our experience of life. Well, you know, the reason I wanted to start this podcast, because like I told you that that personal renaissance and you're talking about the experience. So right now I'm experiencing where I'm experiencing this conversation it's already changing the way I'm looking at things, you know, listening to your ideology, you're listening to me. It's an experience. Like you said, I want to share that, you know, whatever I learn from wherever, as long as it, it's beneficial and it doesn't cause harm, because obviously I believe in the law of attraction, you know, words have power. And I recently took a break from social media, uh, and it was amazing, you know, because I've, I, I think it's the rudest thing when you're trying to talk to somebody and I don't feel people, I don't feel people talk anymore. I don't feel people read books anymore. I don't feel people do any of that stuff. And I took a break from social media and it felt so good not to have to check your phone every two seconds or worry about this or worry about that. But again, we're yeah. so conditioned and there's so much garbage. There's more garbage on social media than there is good. And I'm the type of person that I've, I feel like I listen to a lot of podcasts and not just any type of podcast, like something that is going to benefit me. So something about either about business or about life or whatever it is, something that's going to benefit me. Like you can listen to 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 garbage music or, or, or go through. Well, some memes are really funny, but, you know, flip through memes or, or cat videos, or whatever it is, and waste time. You know, knowledge is power. So every Second of the day, if I'm not on the phone for work, I'm learning something. You know, I'm expanding my knowledge and my mind. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I wanted to do with this. I don't want to just bring a podcast that people 
I want to make it fun, but at the same time, I want people to learn. I want people to, mm-hmm. to, to when they finish this podcast, they got something out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. man, I really learned that. Oh, that really inspired me, you know. And and again, I, I love it. You know, I'm enjoying it. You say you have to enjoy the process as well. And, and you know, I, I, I do enjoy it, you know. Um, and I wouldn't have reached out to you if I didn't enjoy your content. You know, because yeah. again, you're not going to have some, I'm pretty sure you experience a lot of hate too, especially with YouTube. It's, it's, it's toxic, you know, again, social media, uh, uh, the internet, it's toxic. But the reason I can't, I went back onto social media after taking that break was to, cause it's, it's a powerful marketing tool. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, essentially it can be a free, you know, a powerful free marketing tool if used correctly. But if you're on there spreading hate or, or posting stupid things then you know how far are you gonna gonna get you know it all depends on what you want to put what you want to convey out there and put out there and the only reason i came back on it was to promote my podcast you mm. know get on there and make a instagram for it and start pushing it because I'm, I'm sure as you're aware you know getting a following it doesn't happen from night to day i understand that but guess what i'm just gonna stay in my lane worry about what's going on now and and, and again enjoy that process of that's it man that's, that's the way to enjoying do it because what's yeah. the point of, of of i was reading a blog today about some guy who puts out uh he he puts out material about uh like gnostic uh views and 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 religion and stuff like that and mysticism and all this stuff and one of the latest posts was that he was shutting it down because you know he's not getting a kickback from it and and he's not getting you know monetary gain from it. and i go that's where you messed up man because you're looking at it as a business it's not a business dude just just make content man just put it out there it's, it's not easy right you know it's not easy finding people to talk about things with me it, it's not gonna happen you know it, just do it no but the guy apparently shut down this was like a year ago shut it down and like stopped making stuff because he wasn't like wasn't getting enough patreons or whatever it's like Really, bro, everybody wants to make it. Everybody wants to be that Joe Rogan. Everybody wants to be that, you know, a million followers, uh, a million subscribers on YouTube. But guess what? It takes time. Any mm-hmm. and, and just any business really takes time. And you, you have to brand yourself as well. Um, what? So so all that aside, what uh, what is for somebody who who really isn't into to the spirituality and stuff like that what is higher consciousness to you like is there even a higher consciousness uh i know that i, I love ancient civilizations and mm-hmm. especially you know the egyptians uh, i want to read a quote too that it's going to relate to some of the things when we start talking about psychedelics uh i know you're probably into terence mckenna um, of course says psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third story window psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing they open you up to the possibility that everything you know is wrong so i know you're a big advocate in psychedelics and the egyptians for example they viewed higher consciousness as sacred and a thing that that you know and again there's there's records of this all over you know for example they they, the the blue lotus you know how they made a tea with that and they had a psychedelic experience with that uh a lot of art that you see 
um, from back then, especially there's correlations of it being, you know, oh, uh, that looks like a, a DMT trip. You know, that, that's that looks like this. That looks like that. What is higher consciousness to you? You know, as far as that goes, that's a really good question. Um, well, I mean, there's a few different kind of layers or levels to it. I mean, just for the sake of explaining, I guess you can kind of start on a, on a human level where higher states of consciousness, uh, I, would, I would associate with more positive emotional states generally. So um, things like uh, love, peace, presence, compassion, awareness, freedom, um, gratitude, these I would generally uh, associate with higher states of consciousness where you're, you're more expanded and you're more aware of the present moment. In, in, states of, in lower states of consciousness, it's almost like a more constricted, more limited way of perceiving um, the world. And I would generally associate that with things like fear, rage, jealousy, where in those in those emotional states, not that they're bad or wrong. I mean, they are a, a, just a part of being human. But at the same time, in those in those emotional states, you're not. Uh, it's not really possible to connect to that more expansive perspective of the fact that, like, you know, you know, the 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 bigger picture of how how miraculous life is and how much there is to be uh, to be grateful for, I, I would say. I think that higher states of consciousness go beyond, like, I, this is just my perspective, but I do think that consciousness ultimately transcends our humanness. Like, this is kind of what I was saying earlier, that consciousness is cosmic. Consciousness is transcendent. Like, in the same way that a, I always compare it to a computer just like how a computer doesn't produce the electrical current, a computer needs electrical current to run, to, mm -hmm. to be animated, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't generate the electrical, uh, the electrical current. And likewise, I see the brain biocomputer. I don't, I don't, in my perspective, the brain doesn't generate consciousness, but it's just like how uh, the computer needs electricity to be animated, the brain needs consciousness to be animated and, and to come to life. So I would say that higher states of consciousness ultimately transcend our this human lifetime, our human identity. And through psychedelics and through like spiritual practices and there's there's many there's many like meditation and there's many different ways of doing it, but you're accessing the a a state of being that it's an expanded state of awareness. So it's literally like your perception is expanded. You're more aware. It's kind of like, like the, the best comparison that I could give for higher states of consciousness is like a person who like a the mountaintop view. When you're on top of the mountain, you're going to have a much bigger view than when you're on on the uh, you know ground level and you're just starting to hike up the mountain. If you're in that bird's eye view then you have a much more expansive perspective like that that is a higher state of consciousness is that expanded perspective of life as it is and commonly associated with that are all these like more positive emotional states like liberation like um joy and love 
and compassion and all, all, the, all those more positive emotional states naturally emerge from this from these higher states of consciousness. And I would say partially because like the more that you are, you have this kind of bird's eye perspective, the more like viscerally apparent it is that A, life is a complete miracle. B, there is a tremendous beauty in the way that the cosmos has just kind of like self-organized itself into this incredibly vast and intricate and detailed and harmonious and beautiful existence. And also you see like from expanded states of consciousness, you also see like from that bird's eye view, you see the oneness of all things. Like you see that it's, it becomes very clear that everything is interconnected. Everything is, this is the, this is the cosmic perspective. This is the cosmocentric way of seeing the world that we are all expressions of the cosmos that our individual consciousness is an expression of like a deeper unified existence and so that's why like in these higher states of consciousness as you begin to see from a more zoomed out perspective life as it is without like all the human conditioning like try like judging constantly judging the world around us and seeing separateness in all things you see unity in all things and so you naturally tend towards love and joy and compassion and speaking of that so uh you associate it with with happiness and 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 the good things do you feel that somebody can use it for evil or it can be evil like for example when somebody you know has like a like a bad trip you know like what do you what are your thoughts on that? Can it be used for bad or is it only good all the time? Higher states of consciousness? Yeah. No, I don't I don't believe that higher states of consciousness can be used for evil. Uh I I don't I don't know. I mean cuz the thing is if you're if you're perpetrating something that's genuinely evil on another person then <sighs> no, You know what that, I mean though? It's like can, that, can... that's that that's not I I, I would not at all Call, call that a a higher state of consciousness because like what is the what is the intent behind that what is the what is the goal or objective like or what is the reason why that violence or that cruelty or that evil is being perpetrated that can only ever emerge this is my perspective that can only ever emerge from unconsciousness mm -hmm. from illusion from misperceiving the world and misperceiving life that kind of evil, like intentionally perpetrating evil on others, that comes out of unconsciousness. That doesn't. That never comes out of consciousness. That, uh, who is? It? I think it's Carl Jung. It talks about the subconsciousness as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. So, do you feel? What are your thoughts on on psychedelics? As far as uh, like, what do you think? they were put because again they you know I, I have a lot of people talk oh well well drugs are you putting chemicals into your body this and that it's like well everything that happens our biology our human body our life and what we're seeing right now uh what i'm thinking how i feel it's all a chemical reaction exactly you know and these things again these things they grow for example uh mushrooms you know, psilocybin, whatever it is, whatever type of mushroom that you take, psychedelic, it grows in nature. You know, it comes from 
nature. It's not manufactured. It comes from nature. Yes. How is it that these people back then, how did they know that, for example, ayahuasca, how did they know out of all the, you know how vast the Amazon rainforest is? All the species of animals, species of insects, species of plants. How did they know to mix these two things here to be able to ingest DMT orally? How? You know what I mean? Like that. It's crazy to me. Like in the 21st century, right now, right now, I can I I have a supercomputer with me at all times. I have my phone. I have my my Apple Watch. I have some. I have a supercomputer on me all the time. I can access whatever information that I want right now. I can literally just a push of a button, find out any answer to anything that I want to that I want to find out. How did people do it back then? There yeah. was there was no uh, smartphones. There was no there wasn't even people navigated with the stars. Yeah, you know they looked up and said, "Okay, this is." That's well, let, let me, let, let me, let me, I, I, I completely like, yeah. And that's something I th- I've thought a lot about myself too. And actually people have, people have done the math and like the probability of that, because in order to make Iowa, in, in order to make DMT orally active, you have to combine a, a plant that contains DMT with an, another plant a vine that has an MAO inhibitor, an mm-hmm. enzyme inhibitor that stops the enzymes from in the stomach from breaking down the DMT. It only function like DMT is only orally active in ayahuasca if these two very specific plants are combined, as you were saying. That's and insane. some people, people have actually like run the numbers on it, and the odds of them finding that exact combination is something like one in like hundreds of billions. It's it's ridiculous. That's crazy. And, and actually, if yeah, it's 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 like winning the Powerball lottery like multiple times in a row. It's it's just it's ridiculous. But actually, like if you ask the indigenous people themselves, like where did where did this knowledge, where did this sacred knowledge come from? They say that the plants told them, like the the plants communicated this to them, like the the spirits of the plants have communicated this knowledge to them and have shown them the way uh thousands and thousands of years ago and that i mean in these indigenous societies they had they they really did that's something that we are lacking completely in the in the modern western world is this connection to spirit is the connection to like mother earth and the sacredness of life and that's something that they they that was their entire life, like their entire way of being was oriented around that connection to Mother Earth, around spirit. And so that opened up like doors of perception, if you want to call it that, communication with different entities potentially or with different spirits, at least in their experience, that were able to give them these downloads and literally point them into like into revealing new secrets of, of life, such as how to brew ayahuasca. So, the and, and this is something we can. This is, I'm gonna stop right there because we can branch out here. And there's two topics I want to talk to you about. So, let's touch the psychedelics. Uh, I know you talk about DMT a lot. 
and I like I, I explained to you, DMT to me is is very interesting, and eventually I want to try it. But they, you know, it's obviously the mo- the strongest psychedelic there is. It's uh, I have friends who won't touch it because they say it's crazy. I have uh, 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 Alex Gray painting in my room right now. Yeah. And I, I, I said this to a friend of mine. I said, man, if I, if I was to see something like that, I would freak the hell out. <laughs> you know, something. And, and I have another friend. And I told him, I was like, hey, listen, I got this painting. He goes, dude, that's a real place. You know, that place that you're seeing there, that, that is a real place. What are your experiences with DMT in specific? Uh, I know people have, I know there's different types of DMT, um, different, uh, different, and, and each different type has their own different experience, but they all have similarities. And it, I don't know if it's a coincidence that everybody who does DMT experiences something similar. What are your experiences and your thoughts about DMT? Oh man, that's a that's a big question because yeah, I do I do I do talk a lot about DMT because it's made such a profound impact on my life, and I mean just that one question alone, I could probably write like four full books on it. <laughs> but uh, there's there DMT has DMT has fundamentally changed my life. It has totally changed my my perspective on life and the cosmos everything everything and the reason for that is when i took dmt um i had this wasn't my first psychedelic experience i had already been kind of interested and involved in psychedelics when i learned about dmt it was like overnight i just became obsessively fascinated with this substance because i was hearing all these reports of people having these out-of-body experiences traveling to other realms and dimensions which felt more real than this physical lifetime, all this stuff, meeting, uh, you know, entities and extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional beings, spiritual entities in these different realms, and basically describing what felt like a direct encounter with God. Like, that's really the only way to put it. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's so far beyond words, but that's the closest we can get. And so... Yeah, I mean, just just overnight, I was completely fascinated by this and was trying to learn everything I could and absorb as much information as I possibly could about DMT, listen to a bunch of trip reports and all that. And finally, like a few months after that, I was like, all right, well, at this point, I just got to try it because <laughs> I've, I, I, I've listened to like there's only so much I can I can keep reading just and like learning. anything. Like, I mean, yeah, until you're the ex- it's all about the experience, man. So absolutely. So uh, so what type yeah. did you did you do like say it again? What what type did you do? Uh, uh, OK. Yeah, so there, there is there are there are multiple types of DMT. The the two the two that are really most well known and worth discussing in my opinion are one is called NN DMT and the other is called 5MEO DMT and NN DMT that's the one that I tried and that's the one that's also found in ayahuasca it's NN DMT is is a really fascinating mystery because one it's naturally produced in the human body, endogenously in the human body, we all have DMT in us right now. And 
not only is it found in humans, it's found in a huge, basically every mammal species and a huge variety of plants, um, plant and animal species naturally produce DMT. Like even common grass <laughs> has trace amounts of DMT. And this is a really, this is a really significant mystery is why does such a huge variety of plant and animal species have this one random molecule in them? And not only that, but this one random molecule happens to be the most powerful psychedelic molecule that we know of. How? That's what it, I'm it, saying, it, man. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a complete mystery. And interpret that as you will. In my perspective, I mean, I think that that is, it's like, a, it's somehow like a message from the higher powers that be. <laughs> it's somehow a message from life. Like, this is a key. This is a sacred key. Use this for knowledge and growth and awakening and healing. This opens the door to sacred wisdom. And um, that's really, I think that's really the power and the potential that I saw in it. And that's why I became so fascinated by this mystery is because it became very clear at a certain point that this potentially, if used in the right way, not in all circumstances, but if used in the right way, DMT, there is no doubt, can be a key to giving us new insights into some of life's biggest mysteries, into life after death, where we came from, where we're going, the nature of consciousness, does God exist, is there such a thing as a soul, and on and on. Like Basically, all of the big life questions that have been debated since the dawn of humanity, that in, in some way, like DMT can give you insight into that question. And so that was really like the power and the value that I saw in it. And once I finally had the opportunity to try it, like it was every bit as unbelievably incredible and insane as I had thought that it might be. But actually, in fact, even more so because like words can never do it justice. It's like trying to explain color to a blind person, like, or trying to explain what the flavor of lemon tastes like to someone who's never tried it. I could talk on and on and on, but until you taste lemon for yourself, you're not going to truly know. As you said, it's all about the direct experience. But yeah, I do really see DMT in a league of its own when it comes to, when it comes to psychedelics. And not everyone is going to agree with that. But in my, in my perspective, it is, I mean, it really depends on like, what you're trying to explore or what like why you why you're interested in the in the psychedelic experience but DMT uh is unique in the sense that when you're when you take DMT it's a it's it feels like a complete out of body experience like with most with most psychedelics um unless you're doing like a really high dose if if you're if you're if you're taking psilocybin LSD mescaline you can you absolutely have these really like profound and sometimes out of body experiences but in in my experience when i've taken these other psychedelics although i'm i'm i have like very intense experiences there i i still am very much grounded in my body in this reality the entire time like everything will be intensely psychedelic and i will be i will be like significantly altered state of consciousness but I'll still firmly be grounded. Like it won't feel like an out-of-body experience. Now, other people have definitely had out-of-body experiences with different psychedelics. But for me, 
that's why I say that DMT is in a league of its own because every time that I've done a high dose of DMT or a breakthrough dose of DMT, it literally feels like the pure consciousness at the very core of my being or the soul or the spirit or whatever you want to call it has temporarily left the body behind. Like my, I'm no longer Jonas. Like my human identity has been stripped away. And this again gets back to like everything earlier that we were saying about the mystery of the self. But mm-hmm. then it, that in, in that state, it feels like people call it a breakthrough experience because it feels like you literally break through into a different dimension of existence. Like Sounds it scary. Feels, it feels like, well, I mean, to, to some extent, it, it, it's incredibly intense it, in, and it can be scary, like in the sense that a roller coaster can, can be scary. Mm-hmm. Like I would say a roller coaster ride um, in some ways is like a little bit of an analogy to, to the, to the DMT experience. Cause you're going from zero to a hundred real quick. This is a very, very like intense and rapid shift in consciousness that happens. That's another reason that that's another thing that distinguishes DMT from other psychedelics. Like DMT, when you, when you smoke DMT, ayahuasca is, is different from the pure smoked or vaporized DMT experience, but it within a few heartbeats within a few seconds of taking that first that first hit you feel it like your entire body start it feels like the it feels like uh the energy or the life force in your body has just been turned up to full volume like like very intense and as you like you take you take Usually people say take like three or four big hits of DMT and that's that's like a breakthrough dose. And with each progressive hit, like the experience, it just jumps up like further and further, like in, in greater greater intensity. And in some ways, yeah, it it is scary. It is. And like I would say that no no matter how many times I've done DMT, every time I have the opportunity to do it again, <laughs> I still feel some anxiety. However, it always it always fades away so quickly, like with within within doing it, because it's so incredible. Like, like what's what's being revealed to you? It's 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 so amazing and incredible. And in some ways, you have to you have to kind of take that leap in order to I don't know, in order to, to explore and discover and like gain these, gain these insights and gain these knowledge, gain this knowledge and gain, gain these new experiences is kind of like how the early explorers, like when they were trying to make a map of, of the globe, you know, like they would leave the port and they would sail out to sea. And at some point you have to feel you like at some point that coastline is going to fade away. And until you like keep on sailing out of the out of the sight of the coastline, like yes, it is a risk, but the rewards are great. And I would also say that through again, it comes back to this same idea of like the 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 personal growth that comes out of going outside of your comfort zone and facing your fears and moving through fear rather than like trying to trying to run away in the opposite direction is such a powerful experience it's there's so much 
to be gained and learned and 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 like that's such a source of empowerment if you face a great fear of yours and you move through it and you come out the other side and you say you know what i'm okay i'm still breathing baby let's go like i'm all good that wasn't as bad as i thought and like i have the power to face my fears and come out on the other side of it Am I am I trying to say that everyone should do DMT? Absolutely not. Do I think everyone <laughs> is in a place where they can benefit from DMT? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying at all. But like, uh, I do think that um, DMT has so so much to teach us about the nature of life and the mysteries of life. That at some point, like, you have to take that leap of faith. Like, you have to. You, I don't know. I don't know. The one of my favorite, and I, I've probably, I've probably said this on every episode that I've recorded. My favorite quote uh, by H. P. Lovecraft: "The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is the fear of the unknown." So it's got to, you know, it has to do with what you said about taking that leap and and doing things that you know outside of your comfort zone and the growth that you will experience from that. Uh, you know, obviously, if it's something good, um, you know, is 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 priceless. Have you done ayahuasca? Because I, I know the smoking, the vapor of DMT is, is uh, uh, like a 15 minute experience versus ayahuasca is like six to eight hours. Uh, yeah, correct. I don't want to do ayahuasca because I hate throwing up. And I know one of the side effects, I think you get what diarrhea and you throw up uh, from ayahuasca? Not always. Not always. I've done no. it once and I didn't experience either. I didn't, I didn't, they call it, they call it purging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in, in the, in the ayahuasca community, it's called, it's called purging. Um, and no, I, I mean, I didn't experience, I did do ayahuasca once. Um, compa- so I have much, I have much less experience and with ayahuasca than with, with pure DMT, which I've done, um, on a number of occasions, but um, yeah, it, it is. It is a significantly different experience. I mean, the the purging itself is not is not even necessary. Like like I said, I didn't purge. Uh, I had a fantastic experience with ayahuasca, but the purging experience again, it comes back to this like, same idea of like <laughs> be, partial part of the value in it is because it is uncomfortable. Like part of the part of and and, and there's there's so like. It's the same idea where by going through a process that in the moment it's uncomfortable, you come out on the other side and like you, you've gained something. You've, you, you've, you, you heal deep, deep wounds through that process in a way that can't be done any other way. It's like you're going to the dentist or, you know, even, even like make it even more intense. Let's say like you've, you've torn a ligament and you need to get surgery. There is nothing there's nothing comfortable or enjoyable about that process. Mm-hmm. There's nothing comfortable or enjoyable about going to the dentist. Right. <laughs> and yet we, we do it because like th- we heal through that. We heal through it's that. Necessary. We, we mm-hmm. grow. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's no other way to gain that. Um, suffering has a lot to teach us, you know, like suffering when used skillfully, when, when received, and navigated in a skillful means has so much to teach us and there is a lot of healing and growth to be gained from that 
And that's part of the value in the psychedelic experience in general. A lot of people say this about ayahuasca, but the same is true for like different um, for, for psilocybin and different psychedelics. These can be some of the, it's not always a joy ride, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So I said about the bad be... trips, you know, people experience, but it's, it's, it's all about the mindset before you go into the experience. Because again, I believe mind over matter. Uh, the, the mind is a powerful thing. Words are a powerful thing. So whatever you say is going to manifest itself. And if that day, and this is why I haven't done any, because if that day I was having a bad day or I was thinking negatively and you go into that experience negatively, you're not going to have, you're not going to have a good time. You know, right. it's not going to happen and you have to be, uh, you know, clear headed. Like even when I, before I start the podcast, you know, I try to clear my mind. Uh, so I can focus, at, you know, on the ta- the the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to be able to 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 not be zoning out. You know, mm-hmm. really take in that message and digest all that information. Um, yep. And again, I believe that psychedelics are, uh, you know, they should be. I, I you know I don't mess with the occult like you know like I don't I don't mess with that stuff because it's it's a sacred thing it's powerful you know it doesn't doesn't mean I don't believe in it you know I definitely believe in it but it's like it's one of those things where it's like mm, I'm not gonna mess with that you know what I mean because because that can open you up to to neg negative energies and stuff like that um, yeah well and- I want to I, I want to add something in there like I would say that. I mean, and again, th- this is just me like speaking from my experience, my my perspective. Going into the psychedelic experience, I think that a key word for me is surrender. And like, it's not a surrender as in in the sense of giving up. It's surrender in the sense of coming into full alignment, coming into full conscious alignment with the natural unfolding of the experience. And sometimes, like, even if you're having the best day of your life and you – let's say you, you're having a, a psychedelic – like, you decide to take experience, uh, uh, psychedelics on a certain day and you're having the best day of your life, that – we still ultimately don't really have control over the, the, the way that – you know, what comes up. Something the universe is random. That, that we, we don't expect. And so, like, we – the reason I say that is because it's important, I think – to be open to whatever comes up and that might be some you know like a a difficult experience of you know like a childhood memory that was really disturbing or like some sort of like painful experience or a relationship comes to mind that we really need to like improve or change or do this and that so like the psychedelic experience our our mind is a vast ocean (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like there's so much in the subconscious and unconscious that obviously it's in the subconscious we're not aware of it presently but it's there and like it may it may arise in the psychedelic anything may arise in the psychedelic experience so i would i would say that like really being open to just going with the natural flow of the experience and again like if a difficult or challenging experience does arise like let's say you do start to feel like a certain type of sadness or like some sort of like it's really letting it move through you rather than resisting it and saying like no i'm i want to have like a good experience yeah even more powerful even more transformative is if like it, you just let go of all that resistance and again like surrender to the experience let 
it let it move through you like let it be as it is let it let let that's such a that's such a powerful like life lesson in general i think in a, in a lot of cases but especially in in the in the psychedelic experience like just letting life be as it is and letting it letting it move through you and that's that's where all that's where all the healing comes from that's where all the healing comes from and like the resist like in fact the the other approach when you resist it like when you say like no no i don't want i don't want to like think about that or like have that experience <laughs> or do that i want to have like a bright happy experience yeah it's actually that act of inner resistance that cycles the trip downwards into a further and further more difficult and more challenging experience you can't you can't and you can't enjoy i think kanye west talks about this you can't uh enjoy the good if you don't experience the bad like yeah. you know one of the things i always talk about it's like you know you know at night when you could breathe through both nostrils and then out of nowhere one gets clogged up it's like you took advantage of all the times you had both not you know what i mean it's like something like that it's like damn man like you know i took advantage of you don't know what's that saying they say you don't know what you have until it's gone and that you know that that can be with life uh if you you have to take the good with with the bad you know like i i uh i got engaged uh uh last week um and it's like you know thank you my, it's like marriage, you know, you, you, through uh, through health, through health and, and you know, and, and sickness, like, you know, you have to love them unconditionally and stuff like that. And uh, you talked about DMT uh, being in everything. And I, I, I find it so fascinating that the Egyptians, you know, the penile gland, how they knew that, you know, they talk about that before a, a, a you, you before you when you're born and before you die you have a release of dmt in your body through the the pineal gland and i find it so crazy that again coincidence i don't know the egyptians the eye of osiris is the shape of that right. organ in, in our body and it's yeah. like we can't know for a fact if yeah we do release it when we die because essentially they'd have to hook somebody up and kill them you know, to to be able to know if that's really what's true. But for some reason, the Egyptian, and I go back to the Egyptian because I love Egypt. I, I love it. It's it's just it's amazing what these people did with yeah. you know, you can't we can't even replicate the things that like for the pyramids, even if we wanted to, we wouldn't be able to replicate them as mm-hmm. quickly as they did and on the scale that they did. If you look at some of these no megalithic way. structures yep. of these ancient civilizations how you like how like yeah you see pictures of people sitting you know standing right next to them it's like how do you even you know how how do you how and and yeah you talk about the the deities that you see while on dmt like do you feel this is and again this is another tangent do you feel that maybe we're in a simulation and these these things these beings whatever they are maybe they're watching because I've, I've i've listened to different experiences where people though they look up and they see a dome or they'll see these what they call the machine elves or they, or they see these these intelligent beings when they break through or whatever it is that are recognizing them while they're having that experience what are what are those to you because at the same time i feel that dmt is a beautiful thing and it's a sacred thing 
But at the same time, it's like, does it leave me with more questions than answers? You know, like it's it's one of those type of experiences where you want to know. But at the same time, it's like it, it goes away so quickly that it's like, oh, like, you know, I have more questions than answers now. And it's like you're trying to figure out the questions of the universe, you know? Yeah. So do you feel that? And again, with with religion, I don't have a problem with religion, but I feel that religion is, you know, we're put into this box and, and any and anything that's not, you know, of the religion. Oh, it's it's demonic or oh, it's this. Like I had a, a, a discussion with somebody, um, a story in the Old Testament. Uh, and I said, hey, do you, do you know about the story? Oh no, I, I I don't know about that story. That, that's really dark. Yeah, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of dark things in the Bible, man. There's a lot of weird. You know, the Bible's a lot more interesting than people give it. You know, give it credit to be. And there's a lot of dark things in the Bible. And my problem with the Bible is that one translation says one thing, the other translation says the other thing. But then, you know, when you question it, the first thing they tell me is like, well, you know, ask for guidance. It's like. No, I don't. I, no, I want to interpret. You know, it's it's it's. I want to interpret it, and this is how I'm interpreting. No, it's not like that. Uh, there was a story in the Bible. Where I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, don't don't read the Old Testament. You know, we don't we don't believe in that." And it's like, wait, wait, what? It it's in the Bible, dude. Like, how are you gonna tell me not to read it? It's like, no, no, go ahead and focus <laughs> on the New Testament and just read that. And it's like. You know, if you think something negatively, if you doubt, if you do this, if you do and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get slack for this because my family is Christian. But you know what? I'm thinking outside the box. You know, it's like, what if? How do you, you know, uh, I asked you about the deities that you see. Um, how do you, what do you feel? Do you feel, what are these things? Are these, you know, are, 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 are is this, are they, are they the creators? Like, what are they there for? And like, why do you think that we, that people see them when you, have a breakthrough that's a really good question and again i can only share my perspective like ultimately it's a complete mystery right like who knows who knows um in my experiences i would say that first of all it's important to to understand that Yes, in, in DMT experiences, this is one of the most commonly reported characteristics of DMT is that when you enter these DMT realms or these alternate dimensions, whatever you want to call it, almost always you do have this entity encounter experience where these other realms and dimensions of existence seem to be populated with intelligent beings who we are then like in that experience interacting and even communicating with which is a very, very strange and bizarre experience. Um, Does that happen to you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, on many, to- many times. And one, one, thing, one thing to understand is that, like, in the same way that um, planet Earth has incredible biodiversity, these other, these other realms and, and dimensions, like, multiply that biodiversity by a a trillion (laughs) and just keep just keep going like like there's no way to quantify it obviously i'm just i'm just saying that just to just to like paint the picture that this isn't just like one uniform place and one uniform type of being it's that we're talking about like the 
multiverse, like multidimensional, like the, the infinite cosmos. And there's always more. There's always something else. There's always something different. And so like it's very, very difficult to, to paint like a comprehensive picture of everything because um, – well, yeah. So, so that's just to say that there's immense diversity in the types of of beings that you encounter potentially in the DMT you. experience, as yeah. well as like what they are and what their uh, I don't know, like cosmic place is. Like, if you look at a little like a little inchworm versus a uh, an ant versus a human being versus a blue whale, uh, like each of them have kind of like a different place in the grand scheme of things right and like a different kind of like i don't know if you want to call it life purpose because like i don't know does an inchworm have a life purpose it's yeah. just like a natural kind of expression of life for of the miracle the mystery of life for whatever reason for whatever reason life would not be life existence would not be existence without that inchworm and the same is true for you and the same is true for me and every atom in existence, in my perspective. But, I... Go ahead. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, there are, there are a huge range of different kind of entities, like, in the DMT experience. And e each one of them has kind of, like, a different place or a different kind of role, especially a different kind of role in respect to you, like, the visitor to these realms. Um, I mean, some of them do feel like spiritual beings, like angelic spiritual beings. Some of them seem more like demonic spiritual beings. Yeah. Some of them seem more like um, extraterrestrial, like an extraterrestrial race of, of creatures or an so extra-dimensional race of creatures. <laughs> or like even even like weird things like like imagine imagine like imagine the the inchworm in the, like the high, alternate dimension equivalent of an at so the top of the pyramid it's like the <laughs> the, the top predator you know it's like oh, i don't man. know i mean maybe like in somewhere in existence there is a place where the inchworm is at the top yeah. <laughs> i don't know well, but I, I believe in that i believe in the the, the I, I believe in the multiverse i believe that we're living our life uh, a million times over and when we have deja vu it's just echoes in the void uh because we've already done it a thousand times before you know I, I believe in that yeah well i mean that's one one thing that dmt very very clear if there was a if there was a clear insight from dmt one of the very clear ones is that there is so much more to the mystery of life than what we can immediately perceive there is so much more to life than a physical universe this physical universe as vast and infinite as it is is only the tiniest tip of the iceberg Beyond what we can perceive, beyond the physical universe, beyond anything we can even ever begin to dream up or imagine or fathom, this is just a tiny drop in, like, imagine this entire universe as a grain of sand. That's what it is mm -hmm. in the bigger picture of things. There is, there, there is this, it's infinite. The just mind look, up at, the, look up at the stars, man. You know, yeah. go somewhere where, where there's no light pollution and just look up. And, and yeah. it's, it's, I find it, you know, I, again, and I told you, I'm super intrigued by the cosmos and space that, you know, that we're alone out here. And so let's transition into this other thing. How do you feel about ancient civilizations? Like, have you heard of the Anunnaki? Do you know, are you familiar with them at all? 
because I know you post uh, about uh, UFOs and stuff on your on your YouTube page. Yep. Um, are you familiar with the Anunnaki? I am. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know all that much about them, but I do I do know a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, ancient ancient history is is an is another kind of rabbit hole that I've I've gotten really really fascinated in. Um, partially because there are so many like astounding and enigmatic sites all across the world like yeah the 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 great pyramids obviously the giza plateau like there's so much crazy stuff going on on the giza plateau but all over the world i mean even like in in peru in south america that's um, the thing so so you have the so we're so this is this is the theory again not something that i I might necessarily believe in but if you're not 100 percent familiar with the anunnaki uh they are an alien species that were sent to earth and they essentially created mankind. Uh, mankind was made as a slave race. And the reason I bring this up is because we can't ignore the facts. You talked about, you know, Peru and all these, we can't ignore the facts. Number one, that most civilization, uh, most uh, re- religions, we can't ignore the fact that it's, it's usually the same repetitive thing. Right? So there's evidence that, there were these figures throughout history on different parts of the world. And again, this is all documented, uh, you know, through, through, uh, you know, it's been etched into stone. These different characters, they all had the same similarities. And not only that, but you can't ignore the fact that all these different structures there's they're almost the same thing pyramids you know the 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 correlation between pyramids megalithic structures in india and the structures in south america there's a striking resemblance and it's like wait did this come from the same people that you know is this mm-hmm. are, are we truly descendants from uh this alien race you know another theory uh was jesus christ an alien and that's the reason they killed him you know that's 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 out there and and it's gonna it hurts a lot of people to think about it and 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 i'm saying it but you know think outside the box for a second but with religion and culture you think about that and no dude you're you're wrong but terrence mckenna even said it you know uh, uh the 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 uh again i'm paraphrasing in this in society uh sanity is a certain level of alienation so when you have other uh, ideologies and other ideas and, and thoughts, if, if it's too crazy for these people, it's like, I'm going to push you, they're going to alienate you and they're going to push you away. But it's like, but why? I'm just, I'm just, it's human nature to doubt. You know, it, it, in the Bible, uh, I forgot the name of the guy, uh, uh, he doubted that Jesus Christ came back. And, and Terrence McKenna talks about this. Uh, the story where they, he doubted Jesus Christ came back Cause he just saw him crucified. You know, he's like, Hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm, I just seen him get crucified. He's dead. And so he said, I'm not going to believe until I can touch the wounds in his hands. Jesus Christ comes up and he says, Hey dude, go ahead and touch. And he touched the wounds in his hands. And this comes, this is an analogy to life, you know, to, to, to doubt and to question everything because, you know, let's say that there are higher beings, the archons, whatever it is that are in charge of all this. That they might just be like, okay, here, touch the wounds, and they might show you the truth, you know. That and that, and I live life through that. I, I, I always question everything, especially with the media right now. 
uh, we have this war, uh, that, well, not a war yet, but an escalation going on in the Middle East. It's like the media is going to push. Like right now, do we can we verify that they did, you know, it just came out last night that they blew up some places that had U.S. troops. Can we verify that? I can't verify that. So right now I'm, I'm being fed this propaganda that the, the media in the United States is telling me, like, listen, these people attacked uh, U.S. soil over there. And we're going to go to war with them. Guess what? I have no control over that. They're going to do what they're going to do. And again, you know, question everything. It's like, is, is what they're telling me real? You know, the universe question it. Um, and and the Anunnaki is just, it, it's just so mind blowing to me. And, it, and, and like I told you, that's why I believe in a creator and in a higher being, um, because man is imperfect. You know, a religion is a multi-trillion dollar industry. It's just like the cure to cancer. They're not going to put that out there because it's a business, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a business. These things, they're not going to get snuffed out because they need it. You know, uh, 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 the big pharma, that's a multi-trillion dollar industry. Uh, yeah. Religion, multi-trillion dollar industry. They can't, they can't take it out. They have to indoctrinate you and they have to keep you in line to make sure that you're, you know, you're a robot. And once you start and once you step out of line and once you start doing other things, maybe that's why psychedelics are banned, you know, yeah. and maybe yeah. it is, maybe it's not. Um, again, what, uh, uh, I don't know if you want to chime into that. I know I went off on like this crazy. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super interested in, in all that stuff. And one of the things, remember the, where, remember when we first, and this is another thing, when we first took over Iraq, the first things they did was go to, uh, so, so a lot of these places uh, like Mesopotamia, Sumeria, all these places, I got to remind you where it's at. It's where all these wars are going on, all these oppressed countries that are war torn, that are that are taken down, that can't come up. You know, when they first went into Iraq, they, they went to go look at uh, ancient scriptures and, and, and they stormed all these different places that had, uh, uh, you know, ancient knowledge. It's like, what? What? You know, you're looking for weapons of mass destruction. What are you doing in a museum? You know, yeah. what do these people have? That, that they don't want us to know about, like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Have you ever heard of the, the, the Dead Sea? Yeah, uh, yeah. That, you know, the Gnostics and all the, the knowledge that they had, that, that's like mind-blowing. And, and I know you put out a video not too long ago where, I don't know, I don't know, well, I think I saw you post a video about UFOs, um, but I also heard this other person talk about if we find out UFOs are real or aliens are real, that it'll change, it'll change uh, religion as we know it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what if there are extra? I, I believe I believe that these beings are interdimensional. You know, and that's the reason why you can't see them. Um, and I believe that they can just, you know, from from in, in a second just disappear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's my uh, my rant about that. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, I, I, I could rant about a lot of that as well. Uh, there's so much to be said there, obviously, as well as, you know, as you were kind of mentioning, some really fascinating interconnections between 
um, ancient. We can't history. ignore. We can't ignore them. They're they're there, you know. And I'm just yeah. There's a there's a lot to be said there, and I would I would definitely like to pick back up that that conversation at at some point because yeah, there's some really really fascinating connections between the UFO phenomenon and ancient uh, history, the ancient history, uh, the true history of planet Earth, the true origins of. Um, humanity as a species we think we we think we got the answers we think we got the history down we don't know anything no, we, don't, we don't know anything <laughs> we don't know anything like we think we got all the answers we think we know human history like there's no secrets left about the history of humanity and planet earth uh-uh oh no what that we'll do is uh we'll, we'll set up to do another episode you know sometime in the future uh before you go uh, let the people know where they can find your social media, your YouTube, stuff like that. So if they're uh, interested in what you, uh, your work, because I believe that people would benefit from it. Um, where can they find you and, uh, you know, on social media or YouTube or whatever it is? Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, my YouTube channel is called Cosmic Consciousness with Jonas, J-O-N-A-S. And from there, I mean, that's that's probably like you can find my, my email. My website is on there, too. My website's just JonasRosen.com. And, um, you know, if you if you head over to my YouTube channel, you can find my email on there and, and definitely feel free to reach out. Um, I'm always happy to talk about this stuff because, yeah, it gets me fired up. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with me today. And uh, hopefully in the near future, we can do another episode and talk about uh you know ancient civilizations and stuff like that but i feel that we had a a good conversation today and it it was yeah. uh it was refreshing you know and to talk to somebody who's who has firsthand experiences with this type of thing um you know i really appreciate it my pleasure my pleasure yeah it's been fun it's been a pleasure i i enjoyed it as well thank you jonas thanks bro and there you have it ladies and gentlemen that was jonas rosen Make sure to check out his work on his YouTube channel, Cosmic Consciousness with Jonas. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Juan Juan Podcast. Shoot me an email if you want to be on the show or if you have anything interesting to talk about. The Juan Juan Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for the support. I appreciate the negative, the positive criticism, feedback, whatever. Make sure to leave us a five, hopefully a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you feel otherwise, leave it as well. I I appreciate it all. It doesn't really matter to me. But until next time. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.